the Lord has been quiet for four centuries. The prophets are gone. There are no signs to see. It's silent, but let me tell you something. A voice is coming. The patriarchs are long dead. The judges were traded for a bunch of crowned heads. This monarchy, though consistently failed and misled, no system is working, but there's a new king coming. Man's dead in religion. Legalism reigns. Ceremonial acts, which are just simply profane, the law is not working, but a new covenant is coming. The people are defiling. The rituals God is despising. Even the priests are compromising. And the sin offerings, they're worthless sacrificing. Oh, but get ready because a lamb is coming. The temple is a den of thieves. A brood of vipers are the Pharisees. Same too for the Sadducees. They don't even know there's a new high priest coming. The nations are suffering. Evil is chuckling. And the faithful are left wondering, does God even care? Oh, let me tell you something. Emmanuel is coming. God's people desire a glorious king. The world is yearning for eternity, a perfect sacrifice each soul desperately needs. It's a silent night, but hope is in sight. A most precious gift God is bestowing. The Bethlehem star begins glowing. Let the good news start growing. A baby is coming. Come on, let's go ahead and stand to our feet tonight. Let's put our hands together.
Nahm every voice Unspeakable joy And overflowing well No tongue can tell Joy Unspeakable joy It rises in my soul Never lets me go Let's make some noise for the Lord tonight. Amen, amen. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this Christmas Eve? Won't you make some noise? So really quick before we continue, let's just say a quick prayer and let's just invite the presence of the Lord here tonight. Amen. Won't you pray with me? So Lord, we, we do thank you. God, we thank you for what this season represents. And Lord, right here in this moment, Lord, we ask that you would help us draw close to you. So, Lord, we lift our hearts to you. We welcome you in this place, and we thank you, God, for your goodness towards us. Won't you say that? Lord, we thank you tonight. So, Lord, we welcome you, and we say all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. We're going to play a couple more songs. If you know the words, just help us sing it out tonight. Oh, come, oh, come, make some noise for the Lord tonight. Hey, we do want to remind you, uh, we do have overflow uh, in the the cafe right across the hall. So if it gets a little full in here, uh, you can make your way back there. And also, if you have any spare seats beside you, uh, man, try to fill those in if you can. We'd appreciate that tonight.
Amen. Hey, you may be seated. Uh, tell someone hi. Tell them you're glad that they're here. And we want to welcome all of our kids up real fast. If you want to bring your kids up, if they'll stay up here. Our kids pastor, Pastor Michael, is going to read them the Christmas story. So you can go ahead and sit right here on the steps. Hey, we do want to formally welcome everyone here. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, if you didn't get the little thing of communion, uh, just raise your hands. We have some ushers in the back that will get you that. Maybe you didn't get the little Christmas cane. Raise your hand and we'll get you that as well. Or your glow stick because we got to make sure we have our glow sticks. Um, as the kids are still filing in, a couple of announcements. Uh, obviously, there's no service tomorrow night. Uh, celebrate Christmas. And then next Wednesday, that's uh, New Year's Day, we'll have no Wednesday night service. So hang out with your family. And uh, again, we are so glad that you're here. Kids, are you excited for Christmas? All right. Pastor Michael, it's all yours. All right. Everybody gather around. Find a spot on the floor if you need to. Everybody find a spot. Gather in. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's good to see you. All right, does everyone have a seat? All right, we're going to read this. So everybody listen up. This is the story of Jesus' birth, okay? At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things hidden in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. And that's the story of Jesus' birth. And just like the shepherds went and told everyone that they knew about Jesus, that's what we need to do as well. We need to go and tell everybody that we know, our friends, our family, tell them how Christmas is really about the birth of Jesus and what Jesus did by coming to earth, living a perfect life, and then dying for us on the cross. So let's be like those shepherds, okay? Merry Christmas, everyone. You can head back to your seats. Go back.
Won't you stand with us and sing it out? I think we need to give the Lord a hand clap right now. Amen. Give me your praise. You may go ahead and have a seat. You know, we're getting ready to do communion. And first of all, if you don't have a little communion, if you hold up your hand, our ushers will try to get you one. But, you know, in some churches, my wife was raised Catholic. I was raised Lutheran. They actually had a Mass on Christmas Eve. And, and there's some contemporary churches maybe not have one, or they have one that's very, you know, just up and encouraging. And, and we're going to do communion. And the reason for that is we want it to be Christ's Mass, worship of Christ. And we want to take time and realize this is why he was born. He was born knowing he was going to die for our sins so we could have peace, so we could have everlasting life. And so we want to take this time uh, to remember what Christ died, came to birth for and what he died for. And I'm going to read a scripture uh, maybe you've never thought of for communion, but it's Matthew 2, verse 10 and 11. And these are the wise men who'd been traveling. It said, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. First of all, how many like joy? And if you've really been born again and got Christ in your life, there should be a joy you have. These wise men showed up. They had exceeding joy. And I think there's a couple points in the next verse that tells you how to have exceeding joy. It said, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary the mother. First of all, this is later. He's not a baby at this point. It says child several times, about nine times in this story, and he was in a house. So this was not at the manger time, and it's still great to have your uh, three wise men up on the altar, on your uh, nativity scene like we do, so that's not so much the issue. But what I want you to remember is what happened here. They go into the house, saw the child, and Mary, his mother, they fell down and worshiped him. That was their response to this little child. They immediately just fell down. They gave extravagant worship. And then it said, then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, we think, you know, they took a little journey. They had these gifts they'd prepared, and they handed it to him. But they were probably a 1,000 miles away. This was probably a nine-month journey. And when they got there, uh, they might have had their gift. But when they saw the king, when they saw this baby, this toddler, uh, first they just exceedingly joyful 
they worshiped him extravagantly, and then they said, go get the treasury. Because when they traveled, they probably have somebody probably watch over their treasury because they had to have enough funds to get there, go all the way back. And whatever they did, they opened it up. And I just believe they gave above and beyond what they thought they were going to. And if you want to have joy in your life, you can't go wrong with this little prescription right here. Just worship Him with everything you got. And give extravagantly. If you do those two things, there'll be joy in your life. Because what did Jesus do when He came to that cross? Uh, I mean, he gave his life, and that's why he was born. And we want to remember that. So if you have your wafer, and uh, these are kind of tricky. you got to open the top, and you can get the wafer. And then the second layer, you get the juice. Amen. And as you're opening that, I mean, this represents his body that was broken for us. So he's born. It's a nice, little, cute little you know, baby in a manger. And, uh, but he went to that cross, and it was a brutal death. And, but I want you to remember He's given us a gift of salvation. And so when you receive this, his body was broken, not just so we could be saved and go to heaven, so that we could be healed. Those, those stripes on his back, those whippings on his back was for our healing. By his stripes, we were healed. And it's for peace in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. So when he died, it was for everything. Salvation is literally the whole package, not just to go to heaven, but to have everything heaven come down to earth. So just... Uh, Father, we want to thank you for this bread, this body that was broken for us. And as we receive it, we want to ask you to forgive us. Cleanse us. Lord, we just thank you as it comes to an end of the year. And, Lord, this is possible any day to just start brand new because your mercies are new every morning. And so, Lord, we want to thank you right now. We ask you to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us as we receive this bread in Jesus' name. Then they took the cup. This was the blood, represents the blood that was shed for us. And as you're doing this, I want you to think, is there anybody you need to forgive? We just asked God to forgive us. But it's very important. If you want forgiveness, you've got to forgive those who have hurt us. And it's not always fair, but what Jesus did was not fair. And I'm going to tell you, this will give you great freedom. And especially, I'm sensitive that some of you could be going into a family situation where there's some tension. Even tomorrow, maybe you already did today. And just ask God's grace and help to walk in forgiveness. And I'm telling you, there's a great peace that will come when you do that. So just if anybody brings anybody to mind, just in your heart, just say, God, I forgive them. So Lord, we just choose to forgive those that have hurt us in any way. And we have, we have reason, in a sense, to be angry. And, but, Lord, it's not worth it. We give them back to you. Lord, forgive them and just bless them. And we just thank you for health and provision for us and our families. In Jesus' name, bless this cup. You know, we're going to go back into worship in just a moment. But I've asked uh, two couples and another person to come and just give a short testimony. And if they would make their way up at this point. But I do want to remind you, this is kind of a midweek service. So if you want to give before the end of the year, if you want to give an offering, if you want to give something toward new beginnings, uh, you know, the building at Gander Mountain that we'll be in this time next year. Anybody want to give God glory for that? Amen. What we're going to do, at the end of the service, there'll be a Bible up here if you have an offering you want to give. Those boxes, there's boxes on the walls at the back of the door, and you can just go back there, and you can give an end-of-the-year offering if you'd like to. Is Dylan up here? All right. Just tell us what the Lord's done in your life here. Absolutely. Hey, amen, guys. What a beautiful evening, and uh, I'm just so blessed to be here tonight with my, my wife and uh, and her family coming in from Little Rock. Uh, this church means a lot to me, these people uh, who, who've touched our lives means so much to us and, and our daughter and our, our child uh, that's coming soon. And uh, I just want to say that I probably have a story similar to some of you guys and, and girls out there maybe where I was running from God for a long time and I didn't want to look at what my life was, the disaster that I put myself in. And, and finally, I had a friend who came along one day and he told me, um, you know, that God wants to have a relationship with me and he loves me. And then God sent his son to die on the cross for my sins that I didn't deserve my ugly sins. And, and so I'm just filled with overwhelming joy to think about that day now uh, every day because I'm free from those sins. And I don't, have to, I don't have to be that guy who I once was. And God is, is never going to turn back on me because uh, he's, he's, he's infinite and he's forever. And, and I'm just so thankful to be here today. And uh, I just love you all. And yeah, I did just get baptized this year. So I'm thankful for that.
I'm uh, Brent Freeman. This is my wife, Lisa, and my son, Carter. Uh, January 1st, 09, I'd been going to church for a little while, <clears throat> and I decided, well, I'll start with, I started doing drugs and alcohol when I was 13, and I didn't quit till I was 46. And on January 1st, 09, I walked down the church, and I said, I'm going to quit. And I quit doing every kind of drug I was doing. I drank and drugs and smoked and all that stuff. Anyway, I quit. But about six months later, I just felt like, you know, if I don't do something, I'm going to end up relapsing, going back to it. And somehow, by God, <laughs> I ended up at a faith-based treatment center out at Maud called Straight Street. And I went in there and they they taught me how to have a relationship with God. That was something that was missing in my life. And once I got that, it, everything changed for me. And then uh, I'll let Lisa tell the rest of the, her, of the story. Okay, so the rest of the story is that I am, I don't know about God. I've been to the penitentiary twice. Um, I wasn't supposed to have children. Got one. Um, <clears throat> um, and I'm a fighter. I'm like, I, I, ain't, I ain't giving in. I don't care, God, what, whatever. And um, we've been a member of this church since, I don't know, about 10, 12 years. And I did real good after I had this kid. And then things changed. And I used, and I lied. And then I went back to treatment last year for six months because I became a church member and I was playing the church member, but I really didn't have a relationship with the Lord because I was trying to be something that everybody wanted me to be. So I had to go back to treatment. So I lost like seven years of sobriety, but I did it. And I left my little boy and my husband for six months, but I'm back. <laughs> And it's hard because I'm tough and I don't want to give up, you know, and I fight it. But um, I'm here today and uh, I know that the Lord has a great plan for me. And I don't know what it is and I wish he'd hurry up and tell me. <laughs> but I just keep pushing through and um, I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for my husband and this little guy right here. And everybody here. <laughs> you know, first of all, don't you appreciate somebody just wanting to open up and just really show them their heart? Because, uh, you know, that's what Christ can do for us. And we'll have one more here if you want to introduce your family. Good afternoon, church. Um, Ron and Diana Brooks and Brianni, our granddaughter. She's, you can see she's a part of the family, so. Hey, real quick, I don't know, uh, Miss Sharon, if you remember, um, about eight months ago, I came to you, and I asked you to pray for me because I was having issues with my daughters. The devil was attacking both of them, you know. <laughs> well, make a long story short, they're both here today. <laughs> I need you over here. This is going to be kind of hard. I didn't know why he asked me to speak until what I remember what God had told me. He said, I'm going to put you in a position, and you let everybody know who I am. This time last year, I was diagnosed with cancer, um, chronic leukemia. And um, me and my wife didn't know what we was going to do. You know, you know, you're scared. And I asked God, why me? There's so much you've shown me to do. Why me? Sometimes God has to get your attention. And I'm here today to tell you that God is real. 
and we haven't taken one, one bit of medicine since that diagnosis. And I just, just ask, you know, to just keep praying for us. You know, I'm not asking for pity. I don't want you to take this the wrong way because God is so good. I am so grateful. And I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to leave. We was in the hospital, and I was in the room, and I realized, I was like, wow, I got cancer because I'm in the room, and everybody's looking at you like, doo-doo-doo-doo, you know. And um, I just <laughs> kind of started crying. My wife said, you stop that crying right now. And I looked at her, well, she says, I don't care what you got. We all got to leave here sometime. We just don't decide when it's time for us to go. So we're still here, and this is my rock right here, you know. <laughs> man, I, you just don't know how good. So, you know, you men, I'm telling you, if you got a rock, you hold on to it. But I just want to thank Church on the Rock. I want to thank my pastor and staff. And I just, you know, this is a place where you can believe at. And like I said, you know, everything is going well, so I just give God all the glory. Thank you. We got one more here. Hello, I'm Jessica McCarty. This is Kevin McCarty, and this is Maddox and Maxwell. And uh, this is, what, the second year that (laughs) Pastor Maddox asked us to come up and speak. Um, And so I just want to give a little bit of background on my story. When I was 14 years old, um, after being raised knowing God and in the church, I um, God called me to help others through healing, and um, I never really understood what that meant. Um, when I was 18 years old, I ran away from it, and I stayed away until I was 32. Um, I'm about I'm 35 now. So this last year, actually when I was pregnant with Max, uh, God finally revealed to me what it was that I was supposed to do for him, and um, he introduced me to Christian yoga, and um, I had a lot of fears when I was pregnant with Max because I had complications with this one. I was scared out of my mind, and even though I knew that, you know, fear wasn't from God, I still, Satan attacked me big time, and my doctor actually said, just do some yoga, and so I started, and I use that time to worship God on my knees with my hands up a lot. And um, he introduced me to a yoga school called Yoga Faith, and I started taking online classes and went to finish my training in October and got certified. And um, I'll actually be having my first class here January 25th, if anyone wants to come. Uh, but I, I'm using it to, heal, to help people heal. God has put us on earth to live and move and have our being. You know, we're, we're supposed to breathe him out in and breathe us out. Um, it's all him. And, you know, I wasn't able to do this if he had not introduced me to my husband. None of this would have happened. And, you know, we met here at church, and um, Kevin didn't have any kids. He had been married for 15, 14 years. Uh, his, uh, late wife passed away and um, we you know he didn't know if he was going to have any and he has two now <laughs> yes he has his hands full and um, he's such a great man of God and I'm just going to let him talk about you know what he's doing on that part just something real short and sweet that we learned on Sunday with uh, Pastor John in the sermon. Maddox, will you stand up for me for a second on the stage? Step, just climb up there a couple of steps up there. I want to show you, this is sort of how we sort of made it for Maddox and Max to understand. Show them what Superman looks like. So we learn about what being humble. And a man sometimes thinks he's got it all. We have the solutions. What does it mean to be humble? Not Superman, but humble. What a little child does, right? A little child reaches out his hands and says, help me, help me, help me right? So one thing that you learn having a little child being married for 18 years, I mean months, 18 months that that you know you don't have the solutions, you don't have the answers. But in God, in prayer, and studying with the family, and teaching your children to pray, and learning, we have Maddox pray at at our dinner times a lot. And to hear him pray is to know he has a heart for the Lord. And it's awesome to see that spread to the next generation. And I know that's my task, and I know that I do not have the answers. But I'm leaning on him, and in time, we'll see the fruits.
That's a great sermon, Max. Good job. Amen. And we're going to go back into a song. But before I do that, you know, at the end of the service, we're going to sing Silent Night. We're going to take these glow sticks, and if you haven't broke them, we're going to break them, and, and kind of this is going to be our candlelight service. But I, I, my wife um, showed me a story that she read, and I, I read it, and it was just kind of a neat little story about a woman who went to the dollar store and bought some glow sticks. And she had a toddler, and then she had an older boy, and she gave me each a glow stick, and the little toddler just has it like this, just waving around. But the older brother takes it from him, and you can imagine what that did. The toddler started screaming. But what he did is he broke it, you know, shook it up, you know, so it would start glowing, and he gave it back to the little kid. And that way the little baby could see the full effect of it. And immediately it's like God spoke to the mother. And this is what he said to the, she felt like God said to her, I had to break you to show you why I created you. You had to go through it so you could fulfill your purpose. You know, that little baby was just swinging an unbroken glow stick uh, because he didn't understand. It was created to glow. That's what it was created to do. And in us, sometimes we've got to be broken in some areas for us to really grow. And some of you could have had a rough year, could have gone through a divorce, could have buried a spouse, maybe there's sickness or some other sort of difficulty. But what you need to do is allow God's light to shine through you. And glow. And I want to give you this scripture for some of you, and you should be familiar familiar with it. It's 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so receive God's comfort tonight if it's been a tough year, but look for an opportunity to give that comfort back. Because when you do that, that's when you feel God moving through you and that comfort to grow stronger. Amen? Pastor Zach.
stand where you're at. Just close your eyes a little bit. And let's just allow God's peace just to kind of come close to us. And we've been busy and rushing around. Our minds are all over the place possibly. But just kind of take a deep breath and, and just say, I love you, Father. go ahead and have a seat. We're going to just watch a short video. It's about three minutes. But before we do that, you know, I want to ask you a question. We heard some testimonies how Christ has changed lives or helped him get through things. Uh, you know, I went to church until I was 30, but really wasn't following God, living for God. And, and then somebody asked me a very simple question. They said, if you died, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? And it really got me thinking. I thought, well, I'm Maybe I do more good than bad, or maybe I talk my way in. I wasn't sure how it worked. And, but then he said that God loved me and had a plan for my life. And I just really got my attention. He said, because of your sin, you're separated from God. Has anybody sinned? If you were to tell a million lies, how many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? Just one. If you could admit a million sins, how many sins do you have to commit to be a sinner? You know, just one. And so we all realize we're sinners. And the third thing he said is Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Through him, you can know and experience God's love and plan for your life. And I knew that through Sunday school. But the last thing he said was, you have to individually ask Christ into your life. Oh, come here, grandbaby. Zane, Papa misses you. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You have to personally ask him into your life. See, that's the difference between, see, religion is man's best effort to reach God. But a relationship is where God, you allow him to come on the inside. He won't force his way in. I guess that's what I was waiting for. Some bolt of lightning or voice in the sky says, follow me. But it came down to one of those situations just like this where I realized, man, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. It's just good. There's, there's got to be more to this world than just what I'm doing. And so if you're here tonight and you're not sure where you'd spend eternity. If you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord, this is a great opportunity. I want you to just picture for a minute that manger with that little baby in there. That was a gift from God. God bankrupt heaven. Jesus left the throne, left everything up there to come be born in a stable full of animals, the lowest possible place it could be, and knew he was going to die and lived a life and went through every temptation we did and went to that cross. And I really believe this. I've heard other people say it. If you'd have been the only person here, he would have died on the cross for you. That's how much he loves us. But it's a gift, like a Christmas present. If you don't open it up, it's not going to do any good. Well, how do you open up that gift of salvation? You open up your heart and you say a prayer, God, I invite you into my life. And then allow him to do it. And you watch what he does your life will change if you truly are turning from your way and willing to follow him. So I'm going to ask this question, and it surprises me every year, because you could be here just to kind of keep peace in the family. You could have just come for a while, we'll do our thing, or, or maybe you're really excited about coming, whatever the case may be, but I believe you're here for a reason. And the number one thing God wants for you this year is to have peace that you can only find through the Prince of Peace, and that's Jesus, and really begin to understand that plan he has for you. And so if you're here and you're not sure where you spend eternity, if you want to ask Christ in your life or if you've gotten off track and you want to let Christmas Eve 2019 be the night that you want to get back on track, on the count of three, I just want you to hold up your hand so we can say a prayer for you. One, two, three. See some young people? See some other ones? Some adults back there? Amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap. See some young kids? Amen. Anybody else? Just wait till I see your hand and we'll say a prayer together. Way back there. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Now, we're going to say a prayer together. And it's not so much a prayer, but it's added it to your heart. You're in your heart, you're saying, God, I'm willing to let go. Stop doing things my way, and I'm willing to follow you. Now, if you want to grow in this thing, today's the start. And then you get a Bible. If you don't have one, we'll give you one before you go. And just start a relationship. Start talking to him. Start finding a good church to go to. Amen? So let's say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Come into my life. Forgive me. Help me to follow you. And I need your power to do it. So fill me with your spirit. Let me never be the same. Let me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's give Jesus a hand clap. Amen. You know, what we'll do, we're going to...
watch this last video, sing a song. And at the end, a couple of our staff members will be over at that cross. And it'd just be neat if nothing else, you just came up and said, man, I made that decision. Just so you remember, kind of a picture, as Pastor John says, walking away from your past and walking toward the cross, walking to God. That's one of the first steps of obedience you can do. And we got a little packet we'll give you. It's got a little book that'll really help you start a devotion and really understand what you did. Amen. Let's watch this little video, and we'll sing this song together. High in the Austrian Alps, in the cold and snowy village of Mariafar, a young priest named Joseph Moore had been assigned to the parish. But he walked the streets with a heavy heart. Napoleon's war had wreaked havoc across Europe. Moore had witnessed firsthand the depression of the economy and the suffering of the village where he had once resided. There was no doubt the young priest sought after God's stillness and peace. And it was here, lost in the majestic view of the Tarn Mountains, where he penned the lyrics that reached for hope from the holy night that changed the world forever. As tradition tells it, two years later, Moore was preparing for midnight mass when he discovered their faithful organ had played its last note. Desperate to find a song for his parishioners to sing on Christmas Eve, Moore grabbed the lyrics he had written two years before, left his church, and journeyed to the home of his friend, organist Franz Gruber. He showed Franz the words and asked him to compose a simple melody that could be accompanied by only a guitar. And so, on December 24, 1818, Moore's poetic expression of the birth of Jesus was sung by a humble congregation on a snowy, cold Christmas Eve, filling them with the hope of heavenly peace. Over the next century, Silent Night would spread across the world, and then, in 1914, those same lyrics, birthed in the aftermath of war, found their way back to the battlefield. On Christmas Eve, both English and German troops laid down their weapons and sang together about God's peace from deep in the trenches of the First World War. To this day, God pours out his gift of heavenly peace to all who will receive it. From high mountains to low battlefields, church choirs to families round the tree, we celebrate the very moment God transformed humanity by sending the greatest gift of all on that first silent and holy night. Amen. I want to invite you to go ahead and stand up. You can break your glow sticks and let's sing this out together. We'll sing Silent Night. Sing this out. Ooh, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright round yon virgin mother and child. Silent night, who silent.
more, more verse, silent night. Ooh, silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face. Dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord and Thy Jesus, Lord and Thy Come on, are you thankful for the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. Well, let's say a quick prayer and you'll be dismissed here in just, a, in just a moment. So, Lord, we thank you tonight for your goodness towards us. Lord, we thank you for what Jesus came to do to set us free. And Lord, we just thank you tonight. We want to bless you and honor you. And Lord, we thank you. And we say all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas.
Shepherd 